you got a t-shirt with bloodstains all over it, maybe laundry isn't your biggest problem right now. <laughs> I remember the day the candle shop burned down. Everybody just stood around and sang happy birthday. And a security guard came over and said, you're gonna have to move, you're blocking the fire exit. As though if there was a fire, I wasn't gonna run. You make love to the right woman, Johnny, is beautiful, beautiful. I mean, the last time I made love to my wife, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Nothing was happening. I looked her, I saw what's the matter. Can't you think of anyone either? <laughs> I never learn, you know, like a waitress will bring my meal. Hey, enjoy your meal, you too! But you don't have one, do you? I'm a doofus! If you do eat, enjoy it when you eat it. If you have a break or something later, if you get an opportunity, that's all I'm trying to say. That's all that I'm driving at, really. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked, a podcast with Leonard Kimball and Nick Gordon, two comedians who know how to take a drink and have a thought. Sit back, get comfortable, and enjoy. Now, whether they're ready or not, here's your host, Leonard and Nick. Hello, welcome to Comedy Think Tanked podcast. Hello, Leonard. How you doing, bud? Uh, pretty good, Nick. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Doing real good. Uh, it's March, and uh, I'm excited because that means springtime, right? <laughs> yeah, springtime. We got might be able to do some outdoor shows. That'd be yeah. that'd be good. Yeah. Um, as the as the weather gets better and it gets warmer outside um yeah it's good it's it should be good um i'm really really eager um yeah uh, i was hoping to get some things going and plan some stuff for when the snow melts we just yeah. put, some, put some lawn chairs out someplace <laughs> <laughs> yeah any anybody's backyard who who wants uh uh who thinks they might even well you know whatever we'll just go show up at people's houses <laughs> yeah <laughs> We brought our own lawn chairs and a microphone, and we want to put a comedy show for you. Uh-huh. And we don't we don't care if you want to or not. But we, we I mean, we we've been able to do stuff. We've been able to do some stuff. So, you know. Yeah, uh, know. yeah. We've got shows, and we we've done uh, some shows on Zoom, and we've got a uh, a show in person at the Hilton Garden Inn on March twenty sixth, yeah. uh, and that's gonna be, that's gonna be a fantastic show. Um, you know, we'll have Alex Giampapa, Mark Turcott, Casey Crawford. That one should be fantastic. And you yep. are you and I will uh sort of tag team host that one. Yeah, I think I think that's a good format. And and let's make sure everyone knows plenty of opportunities to get your tickets, uh, because we have a seven PM show and a ten PM show. There's a there's a late show where yeah, somebody it's... something really dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you get tickets at our website, uh therivercomics.com. And uh tickets are sold by the by the table, you know, either tables of four or table of six. And they're socially distant tables. There'll be a bar available and the restaurant will be open for some pub fare. Uh should be a fun night. 
Did we did we decide on the prices for that? Yes. Uh, it's like fifty dollars for a small table up to four people, and sixty five dollars for a table of six. So a really good value for uh, for anyone who's interested in some stand up comedy in the Lewiston Auburn area. If you want to see a good show, uh, seven p.m. or ten p.m. March twenty six, coming right up here. Um, check it out. Get mm-hmm. your tickets and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. Please. It's been great to get some stage time again um, yep. through all this because everything has pretty much been shut down. And last month or so, a couple a month or so ago, when we finally got to get back on stage and one of Mark Turcott's shows at Craft Room Underground. Um, I had what I, what I, you know, in the time, you know, it felt pretty good. And I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is really good. And it reminded me of like, um, I used to work for a, a law firm where, uh, and, but after I left that job, they contacted me and said like, Oh, we do like a, you know, do you still want to come to our yearly cookout at one of the, one of the legal assistance homes. And so I was like, Oh yeah, sure. So I showed up there and I had spent like the previous, I don't know, like four months or so. Uh, maybe, no, no, like maybe two months of, uh, I was on a diet and I decided to not eat meat. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I, just, I don't know why. I just like figured I'd give it a try. And I think I'd made it two months. Um, and so I walk in and I was like, oh yeah, hey, Leonard, good to see you again, blah, 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 blah. Um, and someone just hands me a plate of food, like, and it's a burger. And I sit down and I got a beer and a burger and I start eating the burger and I'm like, wow, this, <laughs> this is, this is really good. Like, this is really good hamburger. Like, where'd you, where'd you get this? And they're like, oh no, it's just like, it's just like frozen Walmart patties or something like that. I'm like, yeah, really? Nothing special. <laughs> <laughs> nothing special at all. This is really, really good. And then, and then I go like, oh, I haven't eaten any meat in two months. <laughs> you could have put anything in front of me. <laughs> right. As uh, long as it was USA, USDA, you know, choice, whatever. <laughs> could be grade V. And- <laughs> grade v. <laughs> so, so the enjoyment I got out of that burger was similar to the enjoyment I got of getting on stage again after so long and like <laughs> it felt like the best set of my life <laughs> getting laughs in front of like a room of 14 people separated by six feet <laughs> each other I, I i i completely understand i don't ever take any time off of eating meat so uh, <laughs> that metaphor is lost on me but uh, <laughs> I, I i agree it uh, i think it's uh, you know I feel like December, I think once a month or so throughout the winter, we've been able to, I've been able to do something at least. I can't, it's like November, December, January, February, like once a month. And each set has be- become progressively better Yeah, because I'm spending a lot of time writing material and honing the material on the paper. So I hope that um, my next set is just as good as my last, if not better. And it, it is, it's, it feels so good to do it. I wish... You know, I wish we lived in an area where we could do it seven days a week. That would really make me happy. But at the same time, you know, what we do get to do is 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 really worthwhile, and it's so nice to hear people laugh in person. Right. And, uh, 
yeah, the time off was was good in a way, but at the same time, it, it's just it's not it's not healthy for us. <laughs> How much time do you spend writing? Like, do you do you think you're doing something every day? Ah, uh, every day maybe a tiny like if it if I average it out, there's some days I definitely do more. Um, but I I think on a regular basis, um, and by regular basis I mean you know, once a day or once every other day, I'm coming up with some idea of something that I want to add or, or, or work on or, you know, and if, you know, like, I, I, I don't know, it's just like the other day I, I wrote down of something about getting the wind. Like I, I, I coach little kids hockey for my son and his teammates and yeah. somebody down hard. And I, I, I remembered like instantly, like it put me back to when I was a kid and running around on a wet, slippery floor after a shower and falling down and getting the wind knocked out of you. Remember getting the wind knocked out of you? Right. And I, I just thought of that. It's like, oh, wow. I, I, it's been so long since I've had the wind knocked out of me for whatever reason. And I don't know if that's even what it is. So I wanted to look up what it was. So I wrote it down as an idea of a bit or a yeah. joke. And it's obviously it's not funny now because it's like, ooh, that's kind of scary. Like, why, why, are, you, why are you talking about that? <laughs> but it's like a childhood memory of, of like, you know, being short of breath after you've taken a hard fall. And so it's not working on material, but it's like coming up with another idea of something that might that might go into something else. And so, yeah, at least mm -hmm. at least four or five times a week, I'm thinking of something like that. It's like, ooh, that's that has potential. So, yeah. And then, you know, I try to write and I, I'm working on my stuff that I've already done and trying to make it better. So, right. I don't know. It's a work in progress, all of it. Yeah, for sure. And in the, in the absence of actual physical stage time, we've been doing a lot of stuff on Zoom, like we said before, yeah. our Zoom open mics and the Hunkered Down comedy series. Um, and that's been fun, you know, meeting Meeting comedians, you know, not just local, but from all over the country. Nice. Uh, and, you know, one of the, in the first Hunkered Down show we had, Mike Gray was uh, yeah, was one of our today. comedians. Yes. Our guest today, Mike Gray, is uh, him and I kind of, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth, have kind of come up together. Um, we both started the same time, roundabouts, and and uh, we've we've worked a lot of shows together and we're having him on our shows now that we produce and it's um he's a good comedian he's uh, for some people he may be an acquired taste but i think if you if you if you are a fan of comedy you will be a fan of mike gray and um you know he's uh he's he's a good guy to talk to he's a good guy to have around and you know it's um it's always a pleasure to get a few minutes with him so right uh, so with that, let's just go to our interview. Here's Mike Gray, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hello, Mike Gray. What's going on? How much? What's going on with you? Uh, you know, the, the usual. Uh, stuck in my apartment. And, you know, between the times I work. Fun. <laughs> A lot of people are stuck Man. in their apartment nowadays. Yeah, I know it's, it uh, sucks. It's getting to be, it's getting to be bad. Uh, you were in you were in New Hampshire yesterday, though. Where the hell's Bristol? Yeah, <laughs> Bristol, New Hampshire. Uh, Bristol, New Hampshire. It's uh, it's past Lake Winnipesaukee. 
Oh, kind of. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little <laughs> west of that. So it's kind of, you know, it's not near Manchester. It's, it's up in kind of the middle of the state. How was it? Uh, I was good. There were quite a few people there. It was a nice big room, a nice real, real tall stage. It's a great room. Pete Andrews <laughs> is the guy who runs it. It's, it's awesome. How long is that drive from here? Uh, it's, it's pretty far. It was two hours for me. Ooh, yikes. You're, okay. Yeah. 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 You're down in Biddeford, right? Yeah. That's and uh, it takes me through. Yeah. I mean, it takes me through like summer's worth and stuff. Like you go out that way. You don't go into Manchester and then north. So it's like, it's a ways. But hmm. uh, I think Pete is from Northern Mass. So he even uh, has to drive pretty far to put that show on. Oh, for his is own it worth room. it? Is it worth it to go? Yeah, yeah, he paid me, so that was good, and uh, good food there, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was awesome. A lot of Boston guys I hadn't worked with before. Nice. It was How was cool. your set? Yeah, it was the basically the same as last week. People were a little bit more reserved, but not not quite as you know. Got plenty of laughs. I feel good about it. How much time did you do? Uh, Fifteen. Oh, okay, cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Originally, it was, yeah, it, it was gonna be, uh, it was gonna be Brian Plum, but then he bailed because he's Brian Ooh. Plum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he... we are, we we love, we love ourselves some Brian Plum. Let's just say that. Oh, first. I fucking love that guy. Yeah, <clears throat> but he's uh, he's flaky, is he? Does he just not show up sometimes? No, I, I think he's he's usually pretty good. Like, I don't think his bailed on many shows is usually a good reason he can't make it. You know what I mean? Uh, <clears throat> might it have been, been it was in Bristol? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I asked him that. I was like, is it too far to drive, dude? <laughs> but it worked out because he was going to feature. And then he told Pete, like, just give Mike my spot and oh, okay. watch him. And then so he gave me that. It was pretty cool. That's oh, cool. That's <clears throat> Actually, nice. that works out better. That's nice of him. Yeah. Maybe that's what he intended to do. <laughs> I think I think so, maybe. I think one of the jokes with Brian Plum is that we we just haven't gotten it yet. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 this uh he's no, you know what? Give Mike the spot. I'll I'll bail on this one. Give Mike the spot. He's he's like this kind of ideologue. You know what I mean? Like he's <laughs> he's just doing this as a charity. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we just we just haven't caught on yet. <laughs> yeah no absolutely it's, it's very, we'll, we'll get him we'll get him on the we'll get him on uh, our show here and uh and uh we'll get down to it we'll figure it oh, out dude, he's we'll he's the best out. dude yeah the other night he was when we were all in auburn it was i don't even know i don't even know what was happening half the time but it was <laughs> he does like, that he damn. holds you he holds you like he, he suspends like, you you don't know if he's gonna do a joke or if he's just gonna riff you know what oh, i mean yeah he, He's a yep. master at it. He just seamlessly goes from uh, like he'll do some material and then he'll just kind of, wow, this place is weird. Look at this little oven next to it. He'll just start riffing on, <laughs> on stuff and you, just, you yeah, never right, see it coming. Right. You know, it's something I think that we all would love to be able to do mm -hmm. at some point. If, if anyone yeah. ever gives us more than 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. He told me so. uh, the reason he got good at that is because he used to go to this mic that was no material, new material only. 
Oh. So sometimes he would get up there with nothing and he would just start talking about people in the front row or the room or something. He would, and he would just riff and, and hone that in that skill, which I don't have at all. I, I suck at that. Totally suck at it. I, yeah. I think that's a great idea though, for some, for, for yeah. Mike, if we can ever get an open mic going again is, uh, is doing that new material, no material, new material. That sounds, yeah. that sounds fun. Which usually when I go to huh. a mic, it's almost always they do new material, but I'm still prepared. Yeah. I mean, I never go up there with nothing. You know? Right. You, you and your new material might be something that you've been working on for a little while. It's new, yeah. but it's not brand new today. It's not something you just thought of. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Well, hopefully we can get the get something like that going here soon, sooner rather than later. Um, your hair, uh, for those mm-hmm. of you, for, for people out there who know you, uh, how how long is it and how long does it really need to be? <laughs> it, um <laughs> I can't cut it any short. I mean, it, it could maybe be, you know, right here. I could cut that off your shoulder. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but okay, uh, maybe. I don't know. I, cause I think the whole thing I look like is like a, like a Dave Mustaine who's been in and out of rehab. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like a young Dave, Mus- young fat Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of my brand. You know what I mean? Because people see if I cut my hair, I, I would have the same jokes, but I would lose a lot of the identity. And it, it would <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Weird. I think it'd be weird. Yep. So you're stuck with it now for mm-hmm. ever. Just about. When did you I, start I, growing it? When uh probably about twelve years ago. Just to cause you cause you hate your parents or yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was my dad was long gone at that point. So it's just like fuck you, mom. Uh you know <laughs> my my dad always wanted me to get a haircut when i was a kid and like like it was weekly you gotta get a haircut it's like i just got a haircut i don't need a haircut and it was a constant battle weekly haircut no nah, it was it was silly it seemed oh. like it it seemed like it was every time i turned around hmm. but now i have a son and it's like oh i see now i see i look at him and i'm like god what a scrub like <laughs> well back when i was I like in high school hair. i would Oh, thank you, man. It's the only good thing about me. No, I uh, I used to cut my hair like every six months or so in high school. So it'd get kind of shaggy and then I would cut yeah. it down real short and then I'd go another six months and it just, that uh, cycle. and then I just was like, I'm just going to keep it long. Yeah, no, no, it, it definitely fits you. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's real. Yeah. So you want to get yourself just a, get yourself a razor like I do and just, just, clean shave every every couple weeks and mm. no, yeah. i couldn't do that no, no. <laughs> i uh, uh I, yeah like like pink floyd there where the guy's like like the, he's going nuts and he's shaving his head you know i couldn't do it couldn't do it we don't look good white white people leonard don't look good with clean shaven heads unless it's like if you go bald and then you shave it that's one thing but if you actually have hair you got to have a little bit. You can't. You can't go down to the scalp like you do. So you sort of ease society into your your bald head right. look by by go, slowly going bald, and then you're like, oh yeah, remember those little things I had on the side of my head? Now I've just yeah, shaved that off. That. Now I'm yeah. all done. Okay. Now we're yeah. good. But with with people who actually have hair, they have to keep something on top. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's right. my that's my assessment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> notice notice I'm wearing a hat. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think I, I 
I told everyone that even if I start going bald in the back, you know, or on the top, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to have a skullet. I'm just going to keep it long and, uh, and just have the bald spot on top. You get one you know, of easily cover. You get like the hairspray thing, like that <laughs> where you spray, there's like spray brown paint back there. Yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. with the length it's at, it wouldn't matter right now. Like it would just it would cover any ball yeah. spot in the back. The bench just is like brush it though, forward. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! Whoa! When did you uh, when did you start doing stand up? Was it was it you and I in Tim's class like back in two thousand fourteen? Yeah, uh, I usually don't count from that point because it was a year where I just I didn't get out. So I took that class and then yeah. just nothing for a year. And then uh, it was October of 2015 is when I started. And uh, I started doing the mic at, um, what was it? It was, uh, I can't remember the name of the place. But I, I would go there, do their mic. And then it was Be Good at the time. Be Good Burger had a mic. So I did those a little bit. And and I was working nights, so that actually helped yep. me, even though nights were a horrible abomination and I never want to do it again because I, I would go <laughs> do the mic and instead of like dirt working during the day and then coming home to Biddeford and then rushing back out to Portland, it was easier. I would just go to Portland early, do the mics, and then go to work. Yeah. Was it uh, Mama's Crowbar? Did you go there? No, that was right after it closed, I think. Yeah. That's where I was doing open mics as Mama's Crowbar with yeah those guys there. That was interesting. And then uh, I heard that I'm was a great place. Was, but... It was a great place. It actually was really cool. And and I, I went there several times and had a lot of fun. It's quite the experience to dive into um, comedy and open mics and go to a place like that. A little yeah. you know dive bar on the East End, and <clears throat> it was um, it was something. And then Brian Baruz was decent for a while. Yep. And, yep. Uh, yeah. What did you, what did you think? So you did the class. We did the class together. And, and mm -hmm. like, what got you to that point? Like, what 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 made you say like I have to go up and try to do comedy? Um. Well, I'd been starting to watch comedy more and more, and when I was living alone in like 2012, 2013, I started getting into Bill Hicks, and yep. so I'd heard other stuff and it kind of intimidated me and then i heard bill hicks how he's just kind of cool but he's really angry but he has kind of at the yeah. same time he's a little laid back so ironically i heard that i'm like oh i can do this and then i really wanted to and i used to do theater and stuff so i'd been on stage and it wasn't anything foreign to me so i emailed tim farrell a while before the class and i was asking when he was going to have another one and didn't hear anything and then all of a sudden i get this email oh, i'm doing one this september and I was like, all right, I gotta yep. do it then. Yeah. Similar story. I, I um, emailed them years before that. You know, it yeah. was like 10 plus years before. <clears throat> and he, he had it, he, you know, he gave me the price or whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't know, you know. And then I sat on it for almost, my God, it was 12, 13 years. I sat on it. And then I finally said, you know what? Oh, wow. Going through a rough patch. And I really, really, really want to do this. And And then we did it and we, we met each other through that. So that's, that's a good, yeah. It was a good experience all around. Um, for, Who know, else was in that? That was uh, Audra. Audra, Audra Bohr was yeah. in that class. Okay. She's yeah, not doing much she's, anymore. As far she as hasn't know. done much lately. I, you know, I, I reached out to her um, 
but I think other other than the three of us, I don't think anyone else actually. Pers- I, Aaron Aaron Willows was in the class, yeah. right? Yeah, but he uh, ended up moving to Michigan. Yeah, he's he's somebody we'd like to get on here. Him and Will Green, you know the original. Oh uh, man, I miss Will Green. I only I only worked with him like once or twice, and th- this is good. funny. When I my first night at Lincoln's, I sat my phone down just to take audio. I didn't take video yet, and uh, yeah. I think he was talking to Rachel Gendron. Yeah, yeah, because I think she was visiting at that time, and I sat my phone down at the end of the bar. And I started doing my set, and I and I hear Will go, "Yeah, yeah, this guy's really good." I was oh. like, ah, <laughs> yes, that's cool. That, kept, that keeps you going. Oh yeah. <laughs> Any anytime somebody that you know is is a little bit better, a little bit, you know, more experienced, or has just been at it a little longer. Anytime mm-hmm. they say like, "Oh, great, good, good joke," or, or you know, Ky- Kyron Hobdy came up to me one time and said he liked the joke I told at a, at one of Be Good open mics. Oh and yeah. I was like, oh, oh my god! Like I can't believe someone actually listened to it and they <laughs> liked it and they thought so much about it they they could actually say something to me about. It. I was like, oh, that, that keeps you going. Yeah, yeah. Kyron's awesome, dude. I have one of my best really? sets. Uh, was before him. It was after Bill. Um, oh, what's his name? Bill Picard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was right after him at uh, the old Baxter room with the Death Lathe. Oh yeah, that oh, was yeah. such a good right. Oh my god, that was so good. And I think that was right, right after like a month or so after I broke up with my girlfriend at the time. So it was just like I was just pissed off again. And, <laughs> you know, she kind of sucked the life out of me a little bit, so I felt like it was you know coming back. Oh. Did that help you on stage? <laughs> yeah, it did because I was. <laughs> I was able to bring out all the bull bullshit of being single, you know, all that stuff you have to deal with. That's, you know, stupid and redundant and it's always the same people and it's frustrating. And it's, so I was able to get all that out and yeah. Nice. nice. Especially after three years of being with someone who has no personality, you know, <laughs> it, it, you think it's bad, but it's like vampiric. It's <laughs> It just sucks your essential the energy and life out of you. And they don't even they don't even mean to. Like no. she, there's nothing wrong with her, but she just <laughs> she wasn't wrong being with her. a bitch. Yeah, it was nothing, wasn't like she was a bitch or anything. She just she was just low-key all the time and it just it just wore on me. When when I when I was going through my divorce, uh, it was it was the, the cups like filling up each other's cup or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard that metaphor, but like it's true because some people they just they just drain you and mm-hmm. you, and you don't know why you don't see it until the after it's over and I understand yeah. like oh man or and other people like they just their energy just just helps you fills you up and I don't know it's it's weird. Yeah, uh, yeah it definitely is. So weird. So, so, your, so your new girlfriend seems nice. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay. She's standing right behind the camera. <laughs> she can only hear one half of this conversation, so she's oh, going to okay. be like, what the fuck That's are you guys talking about? <laughs> no, she's lovely. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, she's awesome. So you said you nice. used to do theater. What did you used to do in theater? Uh, just at high school, you know, and a oh, little okay. bit after. But, it, you know, I grew out of it because it was always bullshit from the 40s. 
and you just listen to it. like people do not talk like this and it's just oh it's just gross i just i grew out of it big time but getting on stage helped you know what i mean yeah okay so like what are you doing love stories from the 40s in high school just uh <laughs> It was it was different stuff, but it but yeah, it was like all every it just felt like everything was super antiquated. Yeah, you know, everything we did. Did you try to be funny and like get get do something to to get a laugh when you were doing it? Yeah, yeah all the time. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> were, were you were you a class clown or were you just somebody like was able to get a laugh? Like I was able to get a laugh in school, but I wasn't like a you know that kid that I always got in trouble because for fucking around. But yeah, the uh, the class clown usually was just like just like wacky oh, all the time. Like fuck that guy. I hated that guy. <laughs> I wasn't that guy at all. But I would try to get laughs when I could. You know. Yeah, I think that's common amongst people who go into stand up comedy that they just they always they'd love the sound of someone laughing and they'd love to be the reason why, yeah. but they also don't like it's, it's measured. It's there's, there's something more behind it. It's this yeah. intelligence behind it. Those people that just fuck off are very annoying, very annoying. Oh yeah. How far do you think you'd go? How far do you, how, how far would you take it? If given the opportunity comedy, uh, comedy. No. Sky's the limit. I mean, I yeah. don't really, I, I just, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing and then, and go on the road and be able to make a modest living. I don't really care beyond that, but if it came down to it, I got a Netflix, I don't know if I had an offer for a Netflix special, I don't know. I don't know if I'd do that. Cause it's like, it's a level of fame. That's almost too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, but then like, again, like in terms mm -hmm. of what people would expect from you, yeah okay yeah i think that's part of it and plus i'm not the most prolific comic i know i don't just churn out material uh -huh. no I mean, I we're all from maine so we don't get a whole lot of stage time i mean it's just how it is but uh i still even then i just feel like i'm not very prolific even when juxtaposed with other Maine comics that are getting on once a week maybe you know and I, I just feel like if I got an hour, I'd have to sit on that hour for years before I got another hour. I think that's yeah. how they used to do it back in the forties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, once you had an act, that was it. Yeah, pretty much. Like, uh, I mean, some people still do it. Like Gilbert Gottfried, you know. Yeah. He's a fucking legend, but he's still doing the same shit. Yep. Um, then there was like, uh, I mean, Carlin would every year he would release an hour and then scrap the last hour as soon and it would just start over but that guy was a monster incredible yeah i mean there's only one carlin that's it yeah it is interesting to to look at people who are professionals and actually pick apart their body of work mm -hmm. and see what it is they've they've really done you know you you, <clears throat> you got uh john mulaney now is is huge mm -hmm. right but he's got three hours essentially mm -hmm. um and he was a writer on SNL and he's, you know, one of the more famous comedians right now. Yeah. And, and it's like, how did you get to that point? And, and he's in, I would say he's more active than, you know, having three hours is much more than, than people, you know, would expect of a good stand-up comedian. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a guy who, I don't know if I told you guys about him, but he has one, two, two, 
three CDs. He's got a a, a Comedy Central special. He's got actually a, a fourth CD, and then he has like a, a CD of B sides, jokes that didn't work, but it's still really funny. But <laughs> Joe DeRosa, I mean, he's got so much stuff out, and he's so underrated. No one really knows who he is. Um, he was on Better Call Saul. I don't know if you watched that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you know the veterinarian. Yeah, that's Joe DeRosa. Okay, interesting. Okay. Yeah, and he was. I I just got into him like this past summer and uh i went on the shaskeen's page just seeing what shows and one of his shows was going to be at the shaskeen and they had to cancel it because it was last april i was gonna say i feel like i i, I know that name yeah d d rosa right yes he works a lot with uh bill burr like he's he's one of bill burr's comics but I mean, he's got so much material out he's got two albums uh, I listen to him on Spotify because uh, when I work, I'll just have my earbuds in and I'll listen to podcasts and some music and then comedy albums, which yeah. is something that's helped me a lot over this pandemic. But he has like six albums out. Wow. Oh, okay. And yeah, he's uh, he's amazing. He's such a good joke writer. Where's he from? Uh, he's from Philly and then New York and now he's in L.A. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine having one hour or one special or it's hard it's hard to put ourselves into that into that atmosphere, like that into yeah. that area because it's like, oh, we could never get there. But yeah, you know, we'd regularly get laughs, you know, for 10, 15, yeah. 20 minutes. And right. So it's it's uh, possible we could do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think about like like I've got like 15 minutes of material now. And to think like, oh, if I ever finally built that up to an hour and then suddenly it's like, oh, okay, now I got to scrap it all and start again. And I was like, no, it took me years oh. to get mm-hmm. to 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <I> gotta... <laughs> yeah. It we'll took me a long time. Yeah. Because I was, uh, I don't know if you remember when I was at the uh, uh, Bare Bones Beer when I was headlining. You yeah. remember that show? I know. I think you guys were there. Right. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I felt like that was 10 to 15 minutes of material and that's it. That's all I had. And in a way it kind of was, but it was, I was stuck with it. I felt like that was it. That's all I had and I couldn't expand. And then what I realized is what you got to do is like the way you set things up. Cause we always hear that less is more. Yep. That's horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> Less is more if you're Mitch Hedberg, right? Right, right? Then, then you need no fat, you know, you need to, but if you're, if you're a storyteller or if you're a rant comedian, you, you have to have your point of view and then you have to have a setup in, in that setup. You have to not persuade the audience, but you got to make them understand what you're thinking. And right. sometimes that has to be kind of wordy, you know what it I mean? It takes up space for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you could you could put little jokes in there just as you write it. Like, oh, I just I could say that here, but you're still in the setup. And then then there's the body of the joke and punchline and right. maybe a couple tags. But like I, I noticed that I was too worried about the punchline that I would neglect just talking about the subject. Okay. And so that helped me have a little bit more time. Like the uh the 
the bit about my mother uh, being a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Right. That was that was like a couple throwaway jokes. I mean, there wasn't I couldn't really develop it. And then I, I started to talk about how I f- actually felt about it. You know, because I would uh, kind of assume that you would tell how I felt about it, but I didn't really because the truth is, like, if that belief were true, that terrifies me. And so I, I injected that into the joke this time yeah. around. And I think it helps you connect with it a lot more. And it adds a little bit of length to the joke and makes it more thorough. Right. Okay. Brings the audience into where your frame of mind actually is. Yeah. You know, they're watching four or five other comedians. So, you know, we're not all the same and we're not all mm-hmm. coming from the same perspective and have the same points of view. So we can't assume that they too, you know, but you're right with someone like Mitch Hedberg, like, but um, boom, but um, but you know, they can, they can do those types of jokes and, you know, we can, we can do those types of jokes within the longer jokes that we need to yes. set up. For, yeah, know, definitely. Yeah. But just saying that blanket statement, less is more. It's just, it's just not true. It's just for yeah. certain people. It's true. Well, there's definitely certain comedians that are way too much. Like there's a lot of things that are like, Whoa, where the hell are we going here? And then mm-hmm. there's no real, there's no tags. There's no real good punchlines. There's no, there's no good, you know, pieces in there that, you know, are, are getting any laughs at all. So that's yeah. hard to watch too sometimes, but um, yeah. like When me. you're when you're up there for like two or three <laughs> minutes and you don't get any laughs, yeah. like, maybe you need to reevaluate your shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> maybe that's when you should take up the trumpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. In your, uh, in your act, you, you, you touch on mental health and depression and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I recently tried to write a suicide joke. Um, it actually got a good laugh, so I was happy with that. But what, what, mm, where, where does that come jokes. from for you? Suicide jokes. Uh, being nowhere in life. Yeah. When, when uh, before I moved down to the Portland area, I was just living in Corinna and I was working full time, and I just wasn't doing anything. I was just living at my parents. I was like, I got to get out of here. So then I moved, and then uh, I was living alone for years and since 2012 um let's see it's about let's say to 2020 is eight years two of those i had a roommate so i just lived alone in isolation for a lot of that time and it wears on you and i when i started working uh at this warehouse it was just like i was getting worse and worse and worse and worse and it just came out as anger and i was just angry all the time and it was when i was doing comedy actually it was around 2018 um that's when it was real bad because i was i was doing sound which was cool but uh I was also like, I had no weekends because of that. It was just like work all week, Friday, Saturday, doing sound work all week, Friday, Saturday, doing sound. And I liked doing that, but it was just, it it just, if it wore on me and being alone when I got home wore on me and I don't exactly know what made, but I, I, I started to get this anxiety and depression to the point where I could physically feel it. Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah, I mean, there were times that I'm like, why not just kill myself? But I think when you contribute somehow to anything, any any kind of art, your comedy, I mean, even if it is comedy, because people are like, oh, you're just a clown, but I'm trying to enlighten <laughs> you. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's one thing that, that Katie didn't really get when she got with me. Uh, she's like, your, your stuff is so dark. People don't like it. I'm like, some people might not, but I'm trying to enlighten you because I've right. been to this hell and not everyone has. And right. so I, I have to make it funny, but it's still real. You know, when I'm talking yeah. about asphyxiating myself in a closet, <laughs> yeah. like David Carradine, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, that was, that was were thoughts that actually crossed my mind. Yeah. And the other thing where, you know, when I get in a fight with my roommate, that joke, um, I, uh, that was for real. I mean, obviously I didn't forget that I didn't have a roommate, but, uh, right. But yeah, I mean, that that was, there were just times like, what are you doing here? What, what is this for? And Uh I knew there was something that I was like, I really shouldn't kill myself for quite a few reasons, but, (laughs) but that was always on my mind. I was always thinking about like, well, what if I just did it? who would give yeah. a shit you know yeah and and how would my life change yeah so those conversations that you in your joke conversations you, you had like in the mirror to the fake mm-hmm. roommate those are yeah those are sort of thoughts that you have have had about yourself and your your life yeah yeah uh-huh. okay it's yeah, for sure it's it's um I don't think it's uncommon i think it's i think it's something that a lot of people you know whether they have you know uh, everything on the outside whether the, mm-hmm. it appears they have everything or, or or whether they don't you know clearly have mm-hmm. anything and you know i think each person throughout life runs into those times especially as you get into adulthood and you realize this is it really this is what we're doing like this yeah. is how it has to be i have to go to work every single goddamn day and i still can't pay my bills mm-hmm. and you know it, it's 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 so frustrating oh and now i have a girlfriend or a wife or or living by myself or, or now I have children and I'm like, I, I got to what? I got to feed them every day. Like, how is this possible? Yeah. Like, who set me up for this bunch of bullshit? Like whose school- idea was this? <laughs> yeah. This wasn't my idea. My parents tried to warn me, but you know, right. yeah, it's, it's hard. And you do, you kind of get into those modes and how's this last year been, you know, with having, not having the ability to get out and all that other stuff. Uh, it's been, oof, it's been rough, but at the same time, like 2019 was, was really good. And that's when I met Katie. And yep. so that, that was great. And I was also, I finally got Prozac, oh. which the end of that summer, which Prozac for me wasn't good. Cause it almost put me in a slight mania. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if someone, Hey, Mike, good sec, go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? It was just <laughs> unnecessarily. Yeah. Like I, I was still me, but I would just snap. And, uh, uh-huh. you got so I got off. Somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I got off of it early 2020 and it was when we were going into summer. So I was like, let's see how this goes. And then that pain, that anxiety came back and partially because of COVID, I'm like, I knew it wasn't going to do comedy. And, yeah. uh, but I had Katie, Katie was living here. So that was, that helped me, but I still had that physical, that it really is. It's like, it's like, it's like a physical aspect of depression. No one really talks about it. You just don't feel good. Yeah. You just don't at all feel good. And it's, and it's like a, like a muscle memory kind of thing. You know, it's what you just instantly, you get pissed off and it's just like a reflex. It's hard to breathe sometimes. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then I got on Zoloft a few months ago and that's been better. And uh, if I didn't have Katie, I think I, I'd be, more depressed i'd be okay but i i'd be missing comedy a lot more 
And, uh, you know, I, that's been the hardest part of this whole thing is, yeah. is just, you know, once every two or three months, because I didn't have a show from it was uh, Baxter was my last one uh, about a year ago now. And then yeah. I had a, a show in August in Connecticut because uh, they don't give a shit in Connecticut, apparently. <laughs> and uh, that was at Comics Mohegan Sun. Nice. Fucking casino was open. Everybody <laughs> had masks on, but they're all walking around. And I'm like, it, and, I, and I don't really care because I'm 34. My immune system's decent. I'll, I'll be fine. Mm. Um, but like, how can they be open doing that? And Maine is just nothing shut down it is interesting summer. you know what i it mean is, it, yeah it, uh, yeah. it killing all these businesses and shit that didn't need to die i mean let's face it they they didn't have to they could have just had some of these protocols in place in the summer we would have been fine because if you look everywhere you know it it was kind of steady going up and down but it was it was way lower because it wasn't flu season you know right. what i mean not spreading right. as quickly um but yeah no connecticut didn't give a fuck um, that's awesome <laughs> yeah and then uh and then i had the 18 year old's birthday show that was a good time oh yeah Whoa. i remember that i remember that show uh, that was fun yeah that was great and then a couple more after that a couple winner's circle spots and that was it that was my entire comedy year and now <laughs> how it's did i miss the birthday party why wasn't i invited to that oh man <laughs> well I, that was the there was a show that yeah we the river comics did at mixers um for the oh, um, yes. the, the, the yep. motorcycle club and then uh, Turcotte and Brian Plum were on that. And then right. when that was over, they were like, okay, yeah, we're heading down the road to, to do a birthday party for an 18-year-old. And I was like, <laughs> and, I, and awesome. I said, can I just come watch? And he's like, sure. And you want to do some time? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. And so I jumped on the show. <laughs> it's like, like performing for like six or seven 18 and 17-year-olds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I remember now. I, I had my children that weekend. And <laughs> yeah. That was depressing. <laughs> that was uh, awesome. That's funny. Well, you want to talk about an attentive audience? They were yeah. they were all in. It was nice. Well, they were just waiting for somebody to swear. Like <laughs> no, right? and I was first up. Oh no, no, Mark. Well, Mark, Mark was first up, of course. Teach us he brought me, swear. <laughs> <laughs> brought me up. And I think like I was I don't have a lot of curse words in, in my set, you know, especially in my smaller set. But I think like when I when I said one little curse word or one little sort of penis joke, and then they, they were just like, oh, <laughs> said something and, about a vagina. <laughs> and I will say, I will say for Zoomers, they were not easily offended. Right, right, for, for that's sure. Good. Yeah, there's that's hope. Good. There's uh, hope. Well, they were up in the Lewiston Auburn area, so that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so they're so they're basically millennials from the early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then you then you were on uh, our first Zoom show. Speaking of Zoomers, uh, we did a Zoom show. What what do you think about doing Zoom comedy and like having that as an option in the future? Should we just get just fucking trash that? I fucking hate it. <laughs> I hate it. How did I know? I'm, I'm talking to you guys right now, and it's like this is a conversation, but I'm still just staring at my computer. And yeah. to do Zoom shows, it's I'm just sitting in this in my fucking living room like it's just it's lame it just sucks you know i i can't do it you know you're talking to these little black spots and some of them like people like it just <laughs> ugh, i just i don't like it at all and when everyone laughs it's everything's delayed so your timing's all fucked up you know it i just it's weird 
It's so true. <laughs> it's so true. I, I, I'm glad we've been able to do a few things, but overall, <laughs> I can't wait. You wanted to do this interview in person and, and we did too. And, you know, I wasn't going to cough on you guys or anything. I swear. No, I know. We, well, okay. you know, like, as we're sitting here, it's like, oh, we, we could have probably found a time and a place to do this in person. It, it's not out of the, out of the question, but you know, yeah. it just feels like, oh God, we, everyone's going to be careful and so on and so forth. So, yeah, you know, maybe we'll do a part two to this, um, in person someday. I yeah, hope I so. so. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And I'll engineer it for you guys. Yeah. Speaking of which, you're, so you're a sound engineer and yep. you're in your, are you in a band now currently, or you just play or what's the deal with uh, your music career? Uh, career. That's a very loose term. No, I, uh, well, let's see. I got this uh, beautiful amp here. Nice. And yeah, uh, that's it. I, I have uh, plenty of gear and stuff, but no, bands or anything like that uh i don't know it's it's really hard to find people to get into a band and then you got to find time to all get together yeah and then you got to have chemistry yeah and then you got to finish shit and i i like there's a a guy from stillborn condition is a portland death metal band he and i are kind of like we kind of have this project but he ended up moving and he moved out to like Appleton or something like that. So it's like, we just can't get together. So that's an obstacle right away. Right. And then uh, we got to have chemistry, which we do. Cause when I'm around him, I can, you know, churn out a bunch of riffs and then he'll answer those riffs and, and we could, and we could, but like, then you got to finish it and you got to remember yeah. what you played and you got to write it down or record it. And it's just, it's, it's a pain in the ass. So, you know? so, so you don't want to start a band over zoom. I would hate <laughs> yeah everything's everything's like two beats off <laughs> the drummer has to count you in like two beats ahead of time and then you start playing and then oh God. that'd be a fucking mess <laughs> there was one time yeah. when nick and i were trying to say something for our advertising bit that we we're trying to do we we're trying to say something at the same time and he was he was talking and then i would start talking but he would stop because he couldn't hear my voice in time to think that i was oh. talking was like, oh my god i can't imagine trying to do music oh yeah something. that'd be awful i mean there is this thing musicians out there uh there's this thing called band lab and it's a website, but it's also Cakewalk by BandLab. Cakewalk is a is a recording software, and you can download that. It's totally free, and then you can upload your tracks to a browser based like workstation. So you can okay. don't jam remotely, but you're able to transfer files and stuff very quickly. And the end, mm -hmm. the person on the other end can modify stuff if you're collaborating with a. It's really cool, and it's uh, it just kind of makes that whole sharing files and stuff much quicker like it cuts so you, you could record your piece into it and then send it along to someone's playing bass and you could send along you know and yeah keep going so i could way. i could lay down like a midi drum track yeah. right and then i can uh then upload that using band lab onto the browser so they get on their computer open that project up and they have the project right there it's nice. really cool it's it, it is cool yeah uh. Interesting. In the Maybe of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask all my questions and then you come in and answer them. And then <laughs> no, I don't think that'd work out very well, but I've always wanted to be a musician. I, I, I always, I always look at people who can even just a little bit, like 
it's it's something it's it's so impressive to watch somebody play an instrument and play it well and i've never actually seen you play but i'd, I'd love to someday and mm. you know whatever, whatever. So well no but you know it's it's just neat to watch that to see somebody yeah. you know manipulate an instrument and do it well or, or sing well or you know or a band play together and i never really thought too much about the chemistry that it took to have have a good band and so now i you know you think about really good bands like no matter what the style is it's like oh mm -hmm. wow that's actually really impressive to yeah think, and it, it's also it's when you're jamming with people and if they're good or you know they know what they what they're doing and you know what you're doing you almost get like a hive mind yeah. kind of mentality that's really cool like a lot of jam bands talked about that even though they all they all sound the same <laughs> um, but so for, for the for the uneducated what is a jam band jam band would be like a uh, grateful dead is like the, the classic sorry that doesn't help me i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> jerry garcia not, not the ice cream i know who they are but i just don't understand what a jam band <laughs> is so your typical song on the radio is what like three to four minutes yeah a, a, jam, a jam band would go on for 18 minutes oh but okay. also, also a lot of improvisation yeah and okay they would they would kind of look at each other and like and change and they would all be on the so i mean they were super talented but it's just all kind of bland just, like you really have to like that type of music to get in okay it. or be on a long road trip mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well the same song's been playing for the last two and a half hours <laughs> and we're in waukegan <laughs> how did that happen what do you what do you do <laughs> What do you, how do you promote yourself? What do you do? We, we, we ran across something, um, gray area comedy. And, and uh, what was that? I can't remember. When I you Facebook. Oh, that was on Facebook. Um, yeah, I have, uh, yeah, I have, I have a page, which might be a faux pas for a lot of comedians. Cause a lot of comedians, I noticed they just use their personal page to promote. And I was I like, I'm to make a separate page. So, oh yeah. Was, <laughs> you're too old, Nick. That's what it is. You don't know. But no, I, I, I started, I made this page. And um, so I promote on that and then I'll share it on my regular page. I see. But if I want to, I can advertise through the page and, you know, pick out a target demographic oh, okay. or whatever and, and promote it to them. And it'll just appear as an ad as they're scrolling. But uh, I, I don't usually, I haven't paid for anything yet. I just promote on the page and then tag a bunch of stuff make people aware of it and then i'll share on my and eventually i'm just going to do stuff on the page you know why but i don't know why it's it's such a faux pas because it's like if i were a band at this level you know what i mean playing shows and stuff i would have a page i would yeah, have had a page absolutely. for like three years yeah you know with nothing yeah. on it yeah no you, you just would have right. had some some sort of presence you would yeah. have had a page you would have had uh, some videos out there you would be constantly you know telling people about it when I, I don't i don't get that about comedy either like there's this idea that uh you know we're supposed to be humble or something or or we have to wait until we're found or have an agent or like yeah i don't even i don't even know like it's it's there's a weird feeling in comedy that um you know you just have to like sit back and bide your time and you're not allowed to say you're a comedian and like yeah it's silly like we perform we get laughs we're stand-up comedians yeah exactly i mean i think someday when i when i go on the road hopefully i'll be able to use my page you know pay 
whatever it is, five, 10, 15, $20. I don't know what it is for like Asheville, North Carolina. Boom. I'm going to be there and people will see it. And hopefully that'll bring people. Right. Out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Cause I don't absolutely. know anyone in that scene. You know what I mean? So if I'm promoting, you know what I mean? To, to regular people out there, they'll see it instead of just a bunch of comedians, which is what we do now, you know, yeah. we share something, only other comedians see it. And some of our friends who don't yeah. show up, who don't never show up <laughs> or, or our family who show up once. And then they're like, I can't go again. <laughs> oh God. You could, you can perform in front of your family. Well, I, I have once oh. <laughs> and they never came back I, again. Yeah. I'd rather do the most grotesque sexual things to my to my girlfriend in front of my family than perform comedy. <laughs> it's no way. No. Okay. Well, that's equally uh, as offensive, at least. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of offensive, um, you have mm-hmm. a, a, one of your Facebook posts something about a, a Danish cartoon with big penises. What the hell was that? Where'd you find that? Oh, wow. What was that? John Dillerman? That was hilarious. I was just scrolling through it and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And that was like right after the Capitol riots. Cause it, so I was like, this ah, guy will even save better. Us. And, uh, <laughs> cause it's, it's, it's a real cartoon. And this was after, um, some cartoon on PBS got canceled. Kalu. Oh, Caillou. Guess, Caillou. Caillou. And people Caillou, hate yeah. it. Cause he's just a brat or something. I'm like, dude, this, this is a children's cartoon. First of all, it's, it's um, stop animation, which creeps me out as it is. And this guy has like a, a, a comically large dick, <laughs> like prehensile dick that just can grab things. Oh, really? Like, yeah. And oh, it, I, mean, it. I mean, he's wearing pants, so it's okay, but it's oh, it like serpentines around <laughs> oh, stuff. The stretchy and, pants, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's all lycra. Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you remember the name of it though? Like we got to get that out there. Oh, what was that? I'll, I'll have to look it up. But I, I know we'll see that, if they uh, want to be a sponsor of the podcast. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> or at least get a get a picture of him as uh, our logo. <laughs> oh, I guess it's just called John Dillermond. John. John Dillerman. Okay. Yeah, that's another name for a penis now, Dillermond. That's <laughs> yeah, it's a Yeah, it's a. It's a it's a Danish stop motion animated children's television series about a man oh with God. a very long penis. That's what that's in the description. <laughs> yeah. that, that's legitimately the, the description. That's that's in the wiki. Wow. That's what uh, it is. Oh, well, nothing, nothing uh, inaccurate ever is, it gets into that's a wiki. True. So okay. it's, it's, that's right. uh, I saw this one picture of him. He's hanging upside down with his, his schlong is like tied up with a bunch of balloons and he's floating over the town. <laughs> I want John Dillerman t-shirts. I want to get yes. one. <laughs> Where one be on, on stage? Then they gotta be with it's just John Dillerman and his dick just goes around the back. <laughs> goes around the, okay. Then it goes down to your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That's hilarious. We gotta find oh. that. Oh. Yeah. Well, Mike, th- thank you very much for joining us. So we're going to move on to a, a segment on the podcast that we're calling Curse the Darkness. And uh, it's a Chinese proverb that goes, I'd rather light a candle than curse the darkness. And so 
we named this segment Curse of Darkness because we we want you to, you know, tell us about something you want to complain about. I don't know if you understand how to complain about things. Um, <laughs> but if we no want, idea. <laughs> if you want to complain about something uh, about which you have no plans to correct or fix in any way. So you're getting ready to wrap it up though, right? I mean, that's like 20 minutes. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, no, we're long done. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a, there's things that I want to fix, and I I have plans, and I kind of try, but I guess I don't try as much as I should. Or like I want to get more fit because I've put on weight the past couple of years, and uh, I'd like to get that. But I don't know, man. I just I think about comedy too much. I work too much to fucking try to i don't know it's i want to fix it i have plans to fix it but i don't know if it's ever going to happen yeah and i always want to get better at comedy but i'm trying that all the time so so you're a normal man in their 30s but i didn't have kids so it's still possible for me yes well, that is so true <laughs> there's still time I, for you mike save I'll, yourself <laughs> get a vasectomy and go on the uh, road yes <laughs> I uh, I have a dog, and that's as close as I'll ever get. He's enough of a pain I, in the ass. I applaud people who who know that they don't want children or aren't mm. going to have children or have made that decision and, and stick with it. Because yeah. if that's what you want or don't want, then yeah. yeah if the world nothing... if the world wasn't so messed up right now, I'd be like I'd be open to it. Or if you know we were back in the 1840s, I wouldn't give a shit. But there's always like I want to do comedy. This is we're in the middle of an apocalypse. By the way, the weirdest shittiest apocalypse ever. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Mark about it, and he's like, "Oh, you just don't want it to affect comedy." He's like, "No, I just don't want any hope of anything." If there's going to be an apocalypse, I want I want like the children of un, like the, the blood of unborn children raining from the sky oh, yeah. and like make it real, make it volcanoes real. and tornadoes. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, like, now it's like, well, we might beat this thing. Like, mm, I just want this. I want the fucking black plague to come back and wipe out like a third of us. And then I'd be like, OK, this is it. This is this is the, it the actually apocalypse. really happened. Mike's yeah. like, are we doing this or what? Come on. Yeah, exactly. It's the reticence of God that God is so reticent to like just slap his hand down. And my mother was like, oh, you know, we're in the, we're in the end. Cause she's in a cult. She's like, we're in the end times. You know, this is, this is, uh, this was all foretold the coronavirus. Like, mom, if God wanted to wipe us out with a fucking disease, he wouldn't have chosen coronavirus. It would have been so much more definitive than that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, you, it would just be it would be AIDS that could transfer with like nasty looks at people. That's how <laughs> if God wanted to do it, it would it would happen. And Fauci would come out. OK, all right. Now everyone has to wear two pairs of sunglasses. <laughs> By the way, if you wear if you wear two masks, you're a fucking narc. OK, <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do I that. I agree. I agree. One, one is enough. One's, One's like fine. One's enough. One's Keep your distance. Yeah. Wash your hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and but, comes... but wear two pairs of dark sunglasses. Exactly. <laughs> Regular pair and then the cataract pair over the top of them. Yeah. <laughs> the cocoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, shit. 
Well, Mike, great. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been yeah, great. Thank you guys for having me. It's awesome. Um, really happy to have you on the podcast. Um, we will talk to you next time. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully in person. Yes, in person. Yes, right. in person. We'll make sure it's in person. Mike Gray, everyone. The long-haired Mike Gray, everyone. If you haven't seen his stand-up comedy, you need to make it a priority. Although, us saying that will make him mad, I bet. Yeah, he's a multi-talented individual who is comfortable telling the truth about life and love and the ups and downs of existing. Pleasure to have a few minutes to catch up with him. You can find more of Mike on Facebook at Mike Gray Comedian and in the woods west of Lake Winnipesaukee. He's also at Craft Brew Underground in Auburn, Maine on April 17th. Thanks to everyone who listened. Tell your friends and follow Comedy Think Tanked wherever you can. Be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Comedy Think Tanked, Twitter at Comedy Tanked, and our website, ComedyThinkTanked.com. Email us at ComedyThinkTanked at gmail.com. Good day. Theme music was written and produced by a minor, Ralph Bergfeld. No comedians were hurt in the production of this podcast. All audio snippets of actual funny punchlines were not written or performed by any of us or our subsidiaries. Rather, they are express written bits of professionals we admire. Let the civil actions be filed. Any opinion heard, actual or implied, is that of Comedy Think Tank's producers and their guests. Any slight, insult, affront, slur, disparaging remark, snub, rebuff, rejection, or spurning, no matter how derogatory, pejorative, or abusive you may feel it is, was not intended, but for comedic, entertaining purposes only. Thanks for listening. You ever, so you ever wake up and your mouth tastes like you just ate a whole bag of Doritos? <laughs>